Hey, thanks so much for stopping by the Roar Church Podcast. This is Pastor Anthony. We're believing that today's going to be a great day. Let's jump in today's message. What is up, Roar Church? How's everybody doing tonight? Listen, I am extremely excited to be speaking tonight. Pastor Brittany and Pastor Anthony has passed me down the baton, and I'm stoked about it. I believe God has a word uh, not only for me, but for uh, some of you who are viewing this right now. And I'm believing that God's going to meet you exactly where you are, and I'm stoked about it, y'all. However, what we're going to be talking about tonight is something that's not so popular. And as I was studying my notes this morning, uh, the title of this message was just discouragement. However, I changed it because I'm the pastor and I'm able to do that when it's my message. (laughs) So the title of this message is discouragement ain't got nothing on me because I'm believing that God's going to meet you exactly where you are tonight. By the end of this message, discouragement ain't going to have nothing on you. And I'm really excited about it. We all let's pray. God, I just want to say thank you for what you're doing through this ministry. God, I pray that you just open up our hearts. God, that you open up our minds to just know you on deeper levels tonight. God, I pray for your strength. I pray for your anointing over us, God. And I pray that you just have your way tonight, Father. We love you. Meet us where we are. Challenge us. Amen, amen, amen. I just want to start this message off by saying, friends, discouragement is a real thing. Just because you said yes to Jesus doesn't mean you're not going to feel these humanly feelings. Discouragement is real, y'all, but I just want to give you an understanding. You saying yes to Jesus actually makes you have an understanding that you're not walking alone. You're not walking alone. We may feel discouraged at times. However, the God we serve encourages us. Jesus encourages us and he does it in multiple ways. Also, I just want to remind you guys, how grateful are you guys right now that God says, come as you are, but he also loves you enough to not leave you exactly the way you came in. Because that was me, man. I came in, you know, when we had our older ministry, we came in and I I came in broken, living in sin, in a jacked up relationship. And I came in, I just, God, here I am. I may be messed up, I may not have it all together, but here I am. And now looking past on my life, um, a couple years after that, I'm here doing this and it's like, God, what the heck, man? What the heck? He loves you enough to not leave you exactly the way you came in. And as I was preparing for this message, this transparency, it just it, it just came over me. And I just want to sit down and be real with myself before I come here and actually be real with you guys. And it's so funny because every time I'm um, preparing a message or, or a devotional for our Wednesday nights, uh, it's like, God, we, we have all these devotional set up and these messages set up because I work on them throughout the week, even if I'm not speaking that week. And God is always like, no, we're going to talk about this. And I'm like, God. We have all these other ones already set up. Why, 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 why are we going to talk about this now? But I believe it's going to meet someone tonight. So out of obedience, this is what the title of the message, this is what we're talking about tonight. Pastor Anthony may have asked me to speak. Pastor Brittany has asked me to speak. And maybe I'm here and I'm seeing that the numbers are low. And I'm feeling discouraged because that actually happens. And then I begin to think in the moment, shoot, maybe I should have talked about this instead. Or maybe I should have talked about that. Or maybe I, instead of saying that, I should have said this. And it gets to me and I'm just being real with y'all. However, I may feel that way. And then I get a message from a friend or or a new person, Pastor Isaac, that met me exactly where I am. Pastor Isaac, that was for me. And after receiving that message, guess what happens, friends? The discouragement that I was feeling actually crumbles. Why? Because it actually met one person. It met one person. And I remember also being that one person growing up in church. I remember maybe the messages I heard growing up were not for anybody else in the room, but they were for me and they met me exactly where I was. And then I started to reflect on the history of my friend Jesus and I. And I remember the story of him going after the one. I know y'all know the story. 
Reckless Love is all about it, 99 versus the one. And he was going after me in those moments when nothing else was working, when nothing else was aligning in my life. I had that into myself, into myself moment. And I became in relationship with Jesus. Why? Because I was the one that he was after. He left the 99 for me. And I just want to remind somebody on the other side of this camera right now. He left the 99 for you. And guess what, church? He'll do it all over again. <laughs> He'll do it all over again. I actually just want to jump into scripture about the whole 99 versus the one. This is Luke 15, 4 through 5. This is the passion version. And uh, as you guys are turning there, I'm actually going to have a drink of water real quick. It reads like this. Therefore, once was a shepherd with hundreds, with a hundred lambs, but one of his lambs wandered away and was lost. So the shepherd left the 99 lambs out in the open field and searched in the wilderness for that one lost lamb. This is my favorite part. He didn't stop until he finally found it. God didn't stop until he finally found you, friend. And I remember growing up being five years old and I remember I would just close my eyes and this is a true story i remember being five years old i would close my eyes and i would just ask myself in, in my head ask god god why did you make me and the room would just spin at a million miles per hour it would just spin and keep spinning and spinning and spinning and i thought i was a weird one because sometimes i would go to school and i'd be like hey you ever ask like why god made you and the room spins they're like no and i'm like oh man i'm weird i'm the crazy one i'm the outcast i'm the outsider and little did I know that was God chasing after me at five years old because today I still sit in his presence and I feel the exact same feeling when I was five. The room spinning with this overwhelming peace and he's not going to stop until he gets a hold of you. And I feel like he's saying that right now. Stop running, daughter. Stop running, son. Give it to me. The things you are running with, give them to me and give me yourself. Do we do church for everybody? Yes, of course we do church for everybody. But listen, guys, if we reach the one, the one that says yes to Jesus, the one that God meets exactly where they are, then we did our job as proclaimers of the gospel, as communicators of heaven. We can't get caught up in the numbers. And I'm telling you, it ain't easy. Because I want a thousand people on the other end of this camera. And I want all those a thousand people to get saved. But we are for the one. Just the way God left the 99 for you. Just the way God left the 99 for me. But Pastor Isaac, I'm already 29 years old and I don't have my life together. I'm jacked up, man. I'm, I don't, I, I've been coming to church. I've been doing all these things, man. I've been in community. I've been loving on people. I've been reading the word. I've been praying, asking God for something for, forever. And it's okay, y'all. It's okay. You may not know your purpose or your calling. And you may be feeling like it's too late. And you may be feeling discouraged in this moment. But I just want to remind somebody. Luke 3.23, Jesus didn't start his ministry till he was 30, till he was 30 years old. And now if you're over 30 and still confused and feeling discouraged, I'm just saying that's okay. What I'm trying to say is it's not too late. And I want you guys to write that down in the comments. It's not too late. It's not too late for God to expose what he has called you to do on this earth. He's an all-knowing God. And right now I feel in my spirit that he's calling the confused ones. He's calling the discouraged ones to rise up and to listen to him, to just sit in his presence. And just by listening and just by sitting in his presence, discouragement will fall straight to the ground. Why? Because the more you talk about the things that are not of God, the more exposure that you give those things, the, the, the less power that they have over you. It's evident, church, why we feel discouraged at times. It's evident why we feel the things that are actually not from God at times. And it's because we take our eyes 
off of what God is saying we are. We lose alignment. There's a lack of alignment in our lives. And like I said earlier in this message, I myself have been, I've been there. I've been there. We get caught up in focusing on why we're feeling discouraged. And we let that be the priority. And let's jump to 2 Corinthians 4.1. This is the NIV version. It reads like this. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we received mercy, we do not lose heart. I want to say that one more time. We do not lose heart. And I love when Paul says that. He's telling us, church, don't lose heart. And you have to remember, Apostle Paul, you study Apostle Paul, man, he went through it. We study his life and go through scripture after scripture. He was beaten. He was, he was whipped. And I mean, he's gone through more than any of us ever have or, nor ever will. Yet he's still the one reminding us, church, don't lose heart. When you're feeling upset, don't lose heart. Those sleepless nights that you have overthinking over and over and over again, don't lose heart. You went through a bad breakup, don't lose heart. Oh, you're going through some financial issues, don't lose heart. Your marriage is actually jacked up and crumbling, don't lose heart. Someone you loved actually passed away, don't lose heart. Church, whatever it is you're going through, whatever it is you're feeling, I just want to remind you guys, the way Apostle Paul is reminding us, do not lose heart. Now, what does that mean, Isaac? It means to remember in the midst of the trial that God is still God. It means to remember when you're feeling discouraged, expect God to encourage you because he will. And tell your neighbor, whoever it is you're sitting with at the house parties right now, tell them, I don't know what you're going through and I don't need to know what you're going through. But I just want to remind you, don't lose heart. When we experience these feelings that are not of God, discouragement, we have two options. One, we dwell in it. We sit in it. I've been there and it's not easy and it sucks. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Or two, we run straight to the Father. Now you can look at discouragement in multiple ways, but when you peel back the lens and actually have an understanding, you could look at discouragement. It could be this invitation to just run to God and just dwell in his presence and allow him to lift us up and to fill us up. And that's my prayer for everybody on the other side of this camera tonight. God, fill us up, lift up our spirits and just encourage us, God. Jesus doesn't want his followers to feel this way. He doesn't want his followers to feel discouraged. In fact, he tells, us, he tells all his disciples right, uh, right before his death, let not your heart be troubled. I believe it's in the, in the book of John. Let not your heart be troubled. Notice the words, let not. Jesus is commanding them. It's not words of comfort, but it's words of command. Jesus knew they would be fearful in advance. And even in this moment, Jesus knows the way you're going to feel before you even feel in advance. And yet he's telling you right now, let not. You may feel this way, but let not your heart be troubled, church. When I'm feeling a certain way, I run straight to God's word. Why? Because that's actually what scripture tells us to do. This may be a scripture that we've looked, uh, you know, just past. And this is Romans 15, four, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. The word of God encourages church. So right now, if you're feeling discouraged, I want you guys to write this down. The way you're going to find encouragement is by running to scripture running to his word. We could sit here and go through every book of the Bible and you will find these followers discouraged. We're more alike than we are different, church. The book of Job, y'all already know that story. <laughs> you 
He felt discouraged with his wife and his kids and he went through it, man. In the midst of it all, that his family actually tried to help Job, but they ended up just heaping more shame and blame on him for his, his messed up afflictions. Or how about Elijah? He was, he was just discouraged with life circumstances. I've been there. The story of Jeremiah, he felt discouraged. He believed God was actually against him. And because of that lens, because of that perspective, he lost hope in God. And Peter felt discouraged with himself. He felt like he wasn't courageous enough. He felt like he wasn't bold enough. And church, I just wanna tell you, discouragement is real, y'all. However, it's how we handle it that changes it all. We could sit in it or we could get in the word and in God's presence and marinate in his encouragement. Another thing I just wanna spend time on is how vitally important it is to be honest with ourselves in those moments of discouragement. Y'all ever just try to psych yourselves out? Just be in denial? Like, man, everything's cool. I'm going through a lot of stuff, but it's all good. Everything's just fine when you're just, I'm happy when you're just really not happy. Everything's okay when everything's actually not okay. It's important that we're transparent with ourselves and transparent with God, most importantly. Although he's already an all-knowing God, sometimes he just wants us to say it. Most of my prayers, they, they sound something like this. God, I'm feeling discouraged. I just need you to encourage me. It doesn't have to be so complicated. He wants us to be authentic. And I just want to tell you guys, the moments where I really need to sit down and pray fervently are the moments God always reminds me of the things that he's already done for me. The moments I sit down and just surrender it to him are the moments that he reminds me of the things that he's pulled me out of, the seasons that he's got me through. And he doesn't just remind me of one, but he reminds me of all the times that he was faithful, all the times that he was good, maybe even when I wasn't. <laughs> and he reminds me of these things almost as if he's saying, yo, I'll do it again for you. I'll do it again for you and I'll, I'll do it again for you. And I wanna encourage someone right now that God has done something for you in the past. Maybe he's pulled you out of an environment. Maybe he spoke to you, gave you, gave you an answer to a question that's been on your heart. Maybe he restored a, a friendship or a marriage. Maybe he brought someone back in your life with, with intention, with, with reasoning. Maybe he healed you. Maybe he set you free from, a, from an addiction. And I want you to understand that he will do it again. He will do it again, why? Because he loves you because you are his son and you are his daughter and he loves you and he will do it again and again and again, friends. You guys know this song. I see you move, you move the mountains and I believe I'll see you do it again. Yeah, I know you guys know that song, it's a good song. <laughs> and I just, I feel that in my spirit, man, as I, was, as I was writing this, that God is saying, yo, I'll do it again and I'll do it again and I'll do it again. I will restore that relationship again. I will heal you again. I will encourage you again. I will lift you up again. I will pull you out of that place again. Lord church, he will do it again. And I want us to seriously just marinate on, on, on uh, Hebrews 13, eight. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He did it in the past, he'll do it today, and he'll do it in the future as well. Why? Because God never switches up on us. It's us that grow distant. It's us that wander, and yet he's still there saying, son, daughter, with open arms, come home. Come home, we, we may not have it all together, but God, here I am. I showed up, jacked up, broken, living in sin, part of the world, hurting and in pain. My heart hurts, but Lord, here I am. And I actually wanna do something that's pretty radical right now. 
And I wanted to keep this message short because I wanted to get to this because I feel like this is super vital in what's happening right now in this world, what's happening, the, the division that's taking place in the church. It's, it's not gonna be happening here because we're gonna do this. You know, we need to be coming back to the basics, coming back to the things that actually make us followers of Jesus. We need to be spending time in his presence. And that's what I want us to do right now, wherever you are. If you're in a, in a house party, I just want you guys to find your space and just get on your knees before Jesus and just talk to him. Just communicate with him. At physically, get on your knees before Jesus and just talk to him. When's the last time you've done that? Put some worship music on and just get on your knees and just speak to him and just have communication with him. And we're believing that he's going to meet you exactly where you are. And after that, there's one more thing that I want us to do. I know y'all are probably like, Pastor Isaac, that's already too much. Listen, there's one more thing. Just as vital as it is to spend one-on-one -on -one time with God, I want to encourage everyone at house parties to pray in unity. You know, because the issue is, is the enemy's trying to come in. And, he, and Pastor Anthony said something a couple weeks ago that was really good. He, the, the enemy doesn't, he doesn't care about the building of the church. What he cares about is the people. He wants division to take place in the people. So we need to stand in the opposite of that. And what the opposite is division, of division is, is unity. So I want us, after we're, we're done spending time with Jesus, I want us to just get in a big circle, interlock arms, put your arms if you feel comfortable, hold hands, whatever it is you guys got to do. And I want you guys to pray out loud in unity, in oneness, in one accord. Listen, y'all, you guys have two jobs, and this actually fires me up. Two jobs, and I want them to be very clear. One, put some worship music on, get on your knees before Jesus, sit at his feet, and have that one-on-one -on -one time with him. Just talk to him. And two, pray in a circle, whoever you're with. Pray out loud in unity, in oneness. And we are believing that God's going to meet you exactly where you are tonight. We love you guys so much. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today at Roar Church Podcast. We pray that today's message absolutely blessed you. Hey, there's many ways that you can help support this ministry and give to this ministry. And one is by texting the keywords Roar Give to 77977. Listen, we cannot reach people without your help. And this stuff doesn't happen without the support of many. So we thank you for partnering with us and we'll see you later.